Are you curious about, interested in, or working within the field of anesthesiology and you are a woman, person of color, or otherwise do not fit the stereotypical image of what an anesthesiologist looks like, then this is the podcast for you. We will discuss what life is like on the other side of the blue drape for us. Issues most relevant, such as what is anesthesia really? And we're not talking textbook definition. Tips for applying, success in residency, life as an attending, and beyond. Join us each week as we take a dive into this rich and often misunderstood field. This is your host, Dr. Alicia Peterson, and welcome to Sivo Sisters. It's a common saying within our field. If your favorite place in the world is the operating room, consider surgery. If your favorite place in the hospital is the operating room, consider anesthesia. The operating room is an incredibly hands-on, dynamic place. And so my first aspect to share is if you are a results-driven individual, anesthesiology may be for you. The drugs we deliver, they act within minutes not within weeks or months, as in as with other fields. We give medications to address blood pressure through the IV, to address blood sugar, to address pain, and also provide regional interventions, whether that be epidural, ultrasound-guided blocks, which all help within minutes. So if you're the kind of person who really wants to see the outcome of your intervention sooner rather than later, consider anesthesia. Secondly, you're a hands-on kind of person. Within anesthesia, we are up close and personal with our patients. We're exposed regularly to saliva, blood, urine. Um, As we are applying airways, we're in the face, we're in the mouth. Placing IVs, I mean, Often the worst kind of IV placement is when you hit the vein, get blood everywhere, but then you blew it. You just went right through and through. And so having to then hold and apply pressure, right? And then clean up the mess you made. Intake and output is what we look at. We provide fluids. And so with a Foley in place, we are also seeing what the output is. And so measuring the urine output. A third aspect of anesthesia to consider is that you like having a broad base of knowledge. When I was a medical student, I liked a little bit of everything. There wasn't one particular organ system I was in love with. And so I really enjoyed with anesthesia, I was able to get a little bit of everything. And seeing how all of those organ systems work in relation to each other. And then again, seeing how my drugs and my interventions are either supporting, or if you're not careful, can hurt the the organ systems. I'm also the kind of person who, again, when it comes to even meals and eating, I like a little bit of everything. And so that's what anesthesia has. It's just a little bit of everything. Fourth, you absolutely must be observant, act fast, be vigilant. Preparation is foundational to our field. Malcolm X said, 
If you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. Within anesthesiology, the case can quickly turn south if we are not prepared. What does preparation look like? Well, when we are in the preoperative area, it is critical for us to get what that baseline looks like. Are they appropriately NPO? What medicines are they taking? Both prescribed and non-prescribed medications. What are what is their blood pressure looking like at home and their blood sugars? What is their mental state at home? We need to know what they are look what they look like before the procedure so that we have a apt comparison for after the procedure. Looking in the mouth, is there anything removable? Are they missing teeth? Do they have chipped teeth? Getting that excellent baseline beforehand. Because the last thing you want to do is remove your airway at the end of the case and say, oh, wait a second. Was that was that chip there? Was that tooth always loose? I mean, those are not the questions you want to ask at the end of the case. So it is critical to get that baseline before. If there's a plan to do a regional block, knowing what their neurologic status is, do they have any numbness tingling? Do they have any sensation or motor issues before? So again, you have a good baseline after. And once we know where what a patient's baseline is, what their chronic medical conditions are, what their vulnerabilities are, then we are in a better position to support them when we're in the operating room. We know the kind of drugs to have on the pump, the kind of drugs we want to have readily available and accessible so that we can support them in lockstep without there being any blips in the, the case, any blips really in their vitals, and we're good to go. Because really, we want to maintain homeostasis as anesthesiologists. We want to keep them within 20% of where they live. We want to be observant, act fast, and be prepared. Fifth, you need to be brave. (laughs) I think this is one aspect of anesthesia that many people don't talk about, really, is that unlike other parts of medicine where there's these large teams rounding together and you all are squatted up, cardiology, squat up, infectious disease, you know, nephrology, everybody has their crew. But when you're in the operating room as an anesthesiologist, it might just be you or you and, you know, whoever you're supervising, whether that be an anesthesiology assistant or a CRNA, but it's just y'all. And within that operating room, there's a circulating nurse, the surgical tech, the surgeon, the surgery has a surgeon has a trainee. And so the surgeon squatted up because all of those people are there to help assist with the surgery. You're really the only one there to speak on behalf of the patient. Your duty is to the patient. So if there is something awry in the preoperative area that you've identified, whether it be they ate, they took their blood thinner, they are acutely intoxicated, or they're acutely ill, and this is an elective procedure, you have to be the one to say, this case is canceled. And you have to be comfortable enough to step up and say, this is not going to be safe. And that doesn't always feel great. But you are the patient advocate. You have to speak up. If in the course of the case, the case has gone on long and the patient vital signs keep dipping down and despite all of what you're giving, 
it, it's only a short-term fix, but the patient's not tolerating much more, more of this. It requires having a hard conversation. I have seen unfortunate cases where other colleagues have succumbed to the peer pressure of just getting it done, just doing it, just keep going. And unfortunately, what should have been a quick less than one hour case turned into a code, which turned into an ICU admission. And surgery will be very quick to say, well, anesthesia said it was okay. Well, anesthesia cleared them. You will get thrown under the bus. And so use your voice, speak up, stand up on behalf of the patient, be comfortable with being unpopular. That's a a huge aspect of this. Um, When I mentioned anesthesia, often in the operating room, our names aren't used. It is anesthesia. (laughs) There are efforts made to change that by anesthesiologists getting scrub caps with their names embroidered on it. So you see that, hey, I have a name too. It is not anesthesia. (laughs) Um, But again, it's cultural and it's something that's taking time to change. So you so you have to be okay with being unpopular and you have to be brave. Six, you're okay with not receiving that pat on the back. As I mentioned before, if you're going to be unpopular, then it stands to reason that you doing all the right things and all the great things may not be recognized by the patient by the surgeon, and you have to be okay with that and find ways to stay motivated throughout the day because you're not going to get that external validation. One of the circulating nurses came to me and said that they always enjoyed seeing my name next to theirs when it came to uh, the OR case because they knew that if I was in the room, it was going to be a good day. And so, you know, the thank yous come in different ways. Another self-motivating aspect for me is working with kids, just being able to carry the babies from the preoperative area to the operating room. You know, it's like that, that brief aspect is a piece of joy for me in the day. So identifying those pockets that really light you up and keeps you going. Um, But if you're the kind of person that needs that pat on the back, that validation, then then anesthesiology would not be for you because that's not coming and you have to be okay with that. And then finally, uh, number seven, you have to be okay with not knowing when you're going to go home. There may be some rumors, some words on the street that anesthesiology is a lifestyle specialty. That's not true. Most operating room cases start at like 7.30 in the morning. And depending on how involved that case is going to be, you may have to be at the hospital an hour or more before. And then as the day progresses, you have to maintain that vigilance, being observant, being hands-on. That is exhausting, you know, to, to do that case in, case out. And then at the end of the day, you might be thinking the end of the day should be three or four o'clock if you're not on call, but that might not happen. People call out. That's the reality. Uh, Cases run over 
And if a lot of cases are still going on, you may have to finish up and that may take you past five o'clock. So being okay with not making those evening plans because you just don't know when you're going to come out is key. Other aspects of anesthesia that I didn't include in these tips. For those of you who don't like rounding, bonus, bonus, anesthesiology does not involve rounding. However, a caveat to that, if you actually really, really enjoy rounding, consider ICU. Consider the intensive care unit aspect of anesthesia. You may really enjoy that because there's a ton of rounding and it's team-based as well. So you don't have that lone wolf aspect uh, of anesthesia, as I mentioned earlier. Another aspect I did not share is that anesthesiology in the OR is very intense, brief encounters. And so you're following the patient from the pre-op area to the operating room. And then once they're discharged from recovery, that's it. But for those of you who desire a longer relationship with these patients, and you're curious as to what happens with them, chronic pain management is a field where it's hands-on and you're following the patient from months to years. You get that longitudinal care that you don't get within practicing operating room anesthesia. So I hope those helped. Those are the seven aspects of anesthesia to consider if you're wondering if this is for me, should I explore it? I think you should. Work across the age spectrum with patients who have different physiologies, such as pregnant patients. And it is an incredibly fascinating and dynamic field. I hope you enjoyed this episode of SIVO Sisters. If you love this episode as much as I did, head on over and rate and subscribe so you don't miss out. New episodes drop every week on a Monday because we all can use a little something something to get us through the week. Am I right? I'd love to hear more from you on the topics that you want to hear. So let me know in the comments. This is Dr. Peterson signing off. See you next time.